Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm in not a great state because, of course, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. So despite, obviously fantasy being one thing and we mainly talk about fantasy i want to take a moment just to talk about a football team and where they're going and what's happening to them because i they are they are an absolute mess they are a disaster of a franchise they're a disaster of a football team that was i mean a gut-wrenching loss but when you are supposed to be a Super Bowl contender or a Super Bowl favorite or even a top-end team, you have to find a way to win those games. They've got Kansas City, Dallas, the Chargers, New England. That's their last couple games. They're going to get absolutely destroyed in two of their final games. And it's just an awful situation for them. They are they are looking just dreadful. And I I want to I want to talk about it because I am so sick of that offense. It it makes me it makes me mad. Like I shake with anger about how incompetent they are offensively as a football team. Yeah, they're on the playoff bubble now, aren't they? They're sitting just outside now. They're they they're six and six. They played an extra game. So basically the team right now that they'd be chasing is the Colts who are six and five. So, I mean, they've got the same amount of wins as the Colts, but the Colts are slightly ahead because they're six and five, but there's like five teams that are six and six or six and five. Like there's a bunch there. They have to climb over a bunch of teams to get there. <laughs> like, and as I said, they're not beating Kansas city and they're not beating Dallas, not the way Dallas has been playing recently. And Kansas city is a much stronger team than the bills. They're not winning those games. So they're just about they're about to lose two more games. The Cleveland Browns are ahead of them. Yeah. And Cleveland wow. doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> right? Like yeah. that's how that's how tough, you know, it is. I mean, Browns have an elite defense. It's like they've got an excellent defense. They've got other weapons that they can utilize. But I just the yeah, like the Browns are sitting in a bit of a better spot than them. There's a lot of teams in and around the same area. I mean, the Denver Broncos are catching up. <laughs> right and like that's I'm, I'm not looking good. at a i'm looking at a playoff picture thing right now that was from i guess saturday or sunday what earlier in the week anyways and uh, it has denver ahead of the bills yeah i mean i have i don't have the standings right in front of me um but i i mean i can get them but um yeah, like the the Bills are behind a few more teams, not not just um, the, the the team they're chasing, which right now is technically the Colts, because the Texans are also six and five, and I believe Denver is also six and five. So that's why they're ahead of the Bills. The Bills got that extra game, and it's a loss. So I don't yeah. know in terms of the tiebreakers what the situation is. Like if the Colts, the Texans, and the Broncos all lose, and they're all six and six, I don't know what the tiebreaker would say. But for right now, yeah, the Bills are chasing essentially three teams. Wow. The Steelers, the Browns, they're both ahead of them. Yeah. Like, obviously, Miami's going to win the division. Like, I think that's... At, at this base, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, 
like the fact that Denver or Indianapolis can make the playoffs over the Bills at this point, and it's it's realistic, that's just dreadful. And I mean, okay, my point obviously is that this isn't really connected to fantasy, but one of the things I have talked about before is teams playing meaningful games late in the season, and that affects your fantasy playoffs. So I don't know, like if the Bills go go six and eight, and they're essentially out of the playoffs, what's those last couple of games going to look like? I mean, you don't know. What, will their coach survive? Will, will there be a firing? Will they be starting to work in younger players? Like, you don't know what the situation is. Will Diggs just literally walk off the field? Like, you don't know. Because At least that I, wouldn't impact your fantasy <laughs> team this year. No, no, not me. But, but, but for someone else, obviously. Like, that's the thing. Like, Diggs and Allen, I still think, are the two key pieces right now of that offense that are still working for fantasy. Everyone else is kind of hit and miss. Some weeks they're good, some weeks they're not. But this this team is just completely having a disappointing year. And I point to their boring, predictable offense. Just all pass? Well, it's all pass, all the time. Generally to the same people. They yeah. don't... They're not... So, Dallas or Philadelphia or Kansas City. Yes, they, they spread the ball around. But you know... Like in Philadelphia, A.J. Brown, Smith, uh, even Gainwell, Swift, like they're all going to get options. If Goddard wasn't hurt, him too. Like you you would be like, oh yeah, like all these are potential people to play. Kincaid, Davis, Shakir, one week they'll get you 20 points. The next week they'll get you two. Like that's just the way the Bills often, like there's no consistency. There's no like... They just play whoever's the hot hand. They don't try to work in so many times. I was watching the Bills game and I'm like Dalton Kincaid's open. Oh, didn't even didn't even throw it to him. In the red zone, they do two things. Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen running into the end zone. That's it. Yep. They don't care yep. about anything else. They don't try anything else. They even take James Cook out of the lineup <laughs> to, to not even tempt them. Yep. <laughs> they say, oh, red zone? <laughs> Cook, get out of here. <laughs> You're gone. We only want, we only want to pretend. We're doing anything else. But that's it. It's Allen runs it into the end zone or Stefan Diggs. It's the easiest thing to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And it works when they play subpar opponents. Sure. Um, or you're just in a game like with the Eagles and it's just a shootout. And you're scoring. Everybody's scoring pretty much every drive, it seems. Um, then it's fine. But yeah, when you get a tough defense, it, it's hard. Like, well, I don't, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't think they beat the Patriots by much when they played earlier in the season. So, yeah, against, against the Patriots, um, they, they lost 29-25. Wait, the so Patriots beat them this game. year? The Patriots beat them, yeah. So they played the Why Patriots. Why don't I remember that? Week seven wow. Yeah, they played them week seven, and they lost. Like, they the lost Patriots have only, have only won, like, two two games i should remember that and then one of them was against the bills but see that's the problem <laughs> that they didn't so the bills there's two losses you can point to their opening game against the jets and yep. the new the new england patriots in week seven where you're like you should have had those games and that's you, two like, division games too yeah two division games you just have won i mean not to mention they should have beat denver which they lost 24 22 and then they lost to cincinnati which is like okay that defense is tough like can be tough they could be a tough team. Like, I think that was one of the weeks where Cincinnati had like Burrow actually working. So, okay, fine. You get lost here and there, but you have to win those games. 
Like they, you know, they lost Denver. They beat New York Jets. And you should. And now they're like, chasing Denver. Now they're chasing Denver because they lost to Philadelphia in a game that, like, yes, it was a heartbreaking loss. That was a close game, went to overtime. So you can give them some credit there. But if they weren't in this hole, it wouldn't have been as meaningful to lose that big game. You would, we would be leaving here being like, wow, they competed with another Super Bowl contender. That's great. But honestly, they didn't look that good. Even in their win against the Jets, that was one thing that I was saying. That offense did not look good against the Jets. They destroyed the Jets, and that offense did not look good. At Philadelphia, they were able to, to compete with them, which is great. But I'll bet you anything, whoever had good amount of points in the Philadelphia game, like fantasy-wise, will not against Kansas City. And the ones who didn't have great fantasy points in Philly will have in Kansas City. Because this team's just so inconsistent. They don't know how to use the weapons that they have. Yeah, I'm just looking at this playoff picture a bit more here. So they they lost to Broncos and the Bengals. Yeah. So if the even if the Broncos lose this week, they still would be ahead of the Bills. And then the Texans would be another game ahead of them. Yeah. And then if the Bengals win, they would leapfrog the Bills as well because they would have a tied record. Right. So, okay. So, yeah, the Bengals have, have the tiebreaker. So that's an issue. Denver has the tiebreaker, so that's an issue. They don't, I don't think they play the Colts or the Texans. So, you know, that's, that all just depends on the wins and losses, but yeah, like Colts, the Colts and the Browns both have winnable matchups this week. Yeah. And I mean, with the way Houston plays, you can't count them out either. Like that offense is dynamic. No. Yeah. Like I think, Honestly, I think for the Bills, the best case scenario is the Houston Texans lose because maybe they shake something out in a tiebreaker there. But if yeah. Texans, if the Texans win, then that's like the worst case scenario for the Bills right now. And the the problem with the Bills is their strength of schedule is not it's not great. No, like their their final games are not great. Obviously, I don't have the Week 18 matchup in front of me because I'm looking at the fantasy stuff, but. Whoever I don't know who they play in Week 18, but they got to get through the Chiefs and like they're going to lose to Cincinnati. They're going to lose to Dallas. They could and should beat the Chargers, but what? Why they play will the Dolphins? <laughs> they play the Dolphins. Okay, so there's another loss. Maybe because yeah. it's Week 18, they might win. But that means you've got to like, you've got to beat the Chargers. You've got to beat New England. You've got to beat the Dolphins, and you got to beat either Kansas City or Dallas. Like, you've, like I don't. I just don't see a path to the playoffs for this team. And there's a, there's a they, path they could lose the rest of the season. Yep, this possible. <laughs> I, it's it's very possible. Um, I mean, I think I think New England's winning ways are about over. So maybe they get one in there, but they, I could see them losing to the Chargers. That's a that's another Denver game. They should beat them, but the Chargers' offense just you know they can score. They catch the the Bills sleeping, and there you go. You, yeah, you're in a you're in a situation where you've lost every single game. There's got to be changes there. That offense is uh, like atrocious, and changing their offensive coordinator has honestly not made that much of a difference. I know they've scored a lot of points in the past two weeks, but it's doing it with doing the same things over and over again, especially in the red zone, where they just mm-hmm. do two things, and it's it's awful to watch. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I can certainly uh, appreciate that from being a, a Patriots fan. It's been awful to watch this season, so it's kind of interesting to see the Bills having not quite as bad, but a similar season. 
Well, I mean, the Patriots uh, lost 10-7 to the Giants. I mean, that's... I don't think you can get much lower than that. Like, that's got to be one of the worst football games I've ever seen. (laughs) Although, although the two fantasy options I started in that game both had, I think, 15 points with the Patriots defense and Ramondre. So yes, well, yeah, I mean, it shook it, out okay for me, but they ended up here. Yeah, Ramondre got the only <laughs> uh, touchdown for the Patriots uh, in in that game. Just so happens, but again, like that's you know, New York Giants. The Patriots should have had an opportunity there, but man, that team is just they're they're in the right state too. But I think oh, yeah. it's bad. I, I think we were expecting this division. I think you and I talked about this prior like on the show we did talk about we thought all four of these teams in the division had a possibility at least of making the playoffs the jets kind of have a built-in excuse here they lost the quarterback that was supposed to bring them in but like what's what's going on with new england and, and buffalo here where they were supposed to be at least better than this yeah the the jets do have that excuse this is kind of where i Thought they were going to end up. I thought New England obviously would be better than that they are, but I kind of thought it would be New England and the Jets. Where I think I even said it would be a coin flip between the two, which one was third and which one was fourth. Yeah. Um, and then I did have the Dolphins and the Bills first and second, but I definitely expected the Bills to be like I expected there to be a much more significant gap. Yeah. You know, I I figured they'd both be like nine and two, eight three, and then the Patriots and Jets down kind of around where they are, but. In reverse order, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know what what the answer is there because you're right. It's getting rid of their offensive coordinator hasn't really helped. Um, but I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they need to take a page from the Panthers because they just went on a fire sale on their coaching staff. So uh, they fired their head coach Frank Reich, the assistant head coach Deuce Staley, and the quarterback coach Josh McCowan. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're uh, they they're having just a dreadful season themselves. So getting, I mean, sometimes you have to do that, right? Like a full reset, especially because they just drafted a big star quarterback that you want to build. Like they probably just want to change. And he has not history. worked out. Yeah, no, he hasn't. And I mean, I'm willing, I'm willing to give more time on that, develop him again. Like keep keep kind of pushing it. But like, what weapons does he really have around him? Like to be honest, like do, yeah, like they don't, okay, but they don't have an O line. They don't have receiver targets. They don't really have much of a running game right now. Okay, but I would I would point you towards the Texans, who also have no O line and no running game, and had the second overall quarterback in CJ Stroud, who has yes. no receiving options as well. Well, so, I, I would argue there's no player on Carolina that has shown the athleticism of Nico Collins or Tank Dell. Like even though those weren't like big name drafted pieces they obviously like carolina missed on some receiving drafting pieces and i i don't think there's anyone on the panthers that comes close to the way like watching them tank this is probably the first like in the past couple weeks where i've actually finally watched these two players and i think these are two amazing young receivers as well like i'm the quarterback's great but i i would argue that between the two of them and dalton schultz you have you you have three targets that like, what do the Panthers really have? Like, Thielen, I guess, is like that, the only thing that would come close. I can't even. I can't even tell you who their tight end is right now, and I think I had him earlier. 
Hayden <laughs> Hurst. Yeah, there you go. So you don't remember the guy's name because he's so irrelevant. So yes, point well taken. I don't I don't think the Texans have a running game either. either. And maybe CJ Stroud's going to shake out to be a better quarterback. But I think I would be looking at it being like, listen, we're investing in this guy. We picked him first overall. Let's try, like they're doing, a reset, bring in some better weapons, bring in some better support, and see see what Young can do. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be a, a great quarterback for, for years to come. If you were starting up a dynasty league, I, I could see you, him being one of the one of the top quarterbacks going. Oh, definitely. Uh, the Washington Commanders also did a bit of a shakeup. They fired their defensive coordinator after they got pummeled by uh, by the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That's a little unfair, seeing as you traded two of the better defensive players. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they actually did better than we thought. Yeah, um, like because I think the impression was it was this was going to be like the regular as soon as they got traded, right? But they actually right. did okay in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't think it's really fair to fire him after you got smacked by. Uh... Oh, I guess they got smacked by the Giants too. So yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, the Giants game was not not good for them. But I just a part like what do you expect? Like you traded two defensive pieces. I mean, I don't know what their expectations were for this for the Commanders this year, but I don't know. Like that's a bit to me. You're just kind of you're you're. You're taking out someone and saying like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna fire this person; they have a scapegoat." <laughs> because it's like, yeah, well, I, I don't I don't know what the expectation. I think that's I think was. that's it. I think it's just a hail mary by Ron Rivera to try to salvage the season enough to salvage his job. Yeah, yeah, and right. For, and, yeah, for Washington and Carolina, they're both thinking like, "Hey, we got to reset here and make some good off season decisions." Because yeah, they're the, neither of them I think are quite quite back to being playoff contending teams yet. Yeah, no, de- definitely not. A um, little bit of injury news to go over. So the Saints wide receiver Chris Olave and Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson are both in the concussion protocol. Uh, so we did learn from Brock Purdy's concussion that it's not impossible to clear within one week. It's just highly unlikely. So we will see if uh, if they're able to or not. I don't know what the Saints are going to do if Olave can't make it back for this game because Michael, Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas is on IR. Rashid Shahid has, I think it's a quad injury or something in his, with his leg. Mm. And if Chris Olave is out, then who are they throwing the ball to? Like a million times to Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, I guess. I would, yeah, I, I, you named all the receivers I know on that team. So yeah. who, who, who else do they, I don't even, who else do they have? Yeah, it's because Shahid's dealing with an injury too. So Juwan Johnson at tight end. At tight, so Juwan Johnson at tight end, Taysom Hill. At receiver Kamara, and Kamara in the backfield. That's, but like, then, I genuinely don't know of anyone else. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't even know who the other receivers would be. That's going to. That's going to spell some some very interesting uh, game because they play the Lions, right? Yeah. Which like so they're the need Lions to put some points up. Okay, so I'm seeing uh, there's a receiver here, At Perry. I uh, no idea. 
Uh, he has caught one touchdown oh. and has 45 yards. This <laughs> All right. He has been yeah. thrown the ball four times. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, I mean, hey, he's <laughs> averaging 10 yards a catch, so. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, A.T. Perry <laughs> would be one receiver. And Start Keith, of the week. Keith Kirkwood. Also, no, never heard of him. And Lynn Bowden. Those are the three. All right, so... Uh, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah, so Jordan I would Johnson. definitely, I would definitely not pick up any of those three guys. <laughs> yeah, or expect they're going to do anything. No. Uh, a bit of a surprising news coming out of Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, suffered a thumb injury in Week Twelve that requires surgery, and he's going to miss two to three weeks. But won't he's he's not being considered for the IR, so it seems like it's it would be three maximum. They don't expect it to go past that. Um, kinda, a bit of a that's bummer a quick for surgery. them. <laughs> like that's yeah. a quick recovery, I should say, from surgery. Yeah, well, I guess like maybe it's he can just get back into the game and like maybe because you can get like little braces on your finger and like i would assume you can get one on your thumb right like you probably wouldn't be able to do much in the passing game but i imagine you could probably still carry the football and and maybe it's temporary and then they can do something in the off season because he's you know since since coming back he's been pretty pretty good i mean he's had at least four or five weeks in a row where he's been like a great at least for fantasy he's been like a great fantasy player so i think i would imagine that they're like Okay, let's do something temporary, and then let's get him back. Because here we here we are talking about the playoffs. The Colts are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, he's the main reason that they have a playoff spot at the moment. So hopefully, now at least Zach Moss showed that he was capable in the time when Jonathan Taylor was gone. So yes, maybe they'll be okay. I mean, they have a bit of a rough matchup this week, but then. You know, they got the Bengals. That's not really a scary run defense. The Steelers, eh, that's okay. And then he should be back for, I think, week 16, assuming this is the first week that he misses. So they still have time. And then at that point, it's the Falcons. So that's a great matchup for them. The Raiders, a great matchup again. And then the Texans. So to end the year, Jonathan Taylor's looking good if he's Mm -hmm. back. And if for whatever reason something goes wrong and he can't come back, well, Zach Moss should be able to carry them. Maybe not do much over the next three weeks, but then the final three weeks, he should be fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the fact that Moss played so well for them, um, to me gives, gives at least them some confidence of like, well, our running game should still be sharp. Um, there's just something about like Taylor, at the end of the day, he's just such a weapon and such a threat that he was making runs of the past couple of weeks that I don't, there's not many running backs other than like McCafferty who can make that happen where you're like, there's three people on you. And yet somehow you broke away <laughs> for like 50 yeah. yards. <laughs> right. And it's just, yeah, that's it's, it is kind of a blow to them. And, but yeah, they must be thinking temporary fix Moss can keep us in playoff contention for the next couple of weeks and bring Taylor back just in time to get them in. Yeah, and unfortunately for fantasy managers, that's like the worst possible time if you're on the playoff bubble for this to have happened because now you're down one of your best weapons uh, 
with only two weeks left in most leagues, maybe three, depending on how your league is set up. I know yeah, the we, manager we in our league. Uh, yep. <laughs> hanging yeah. on to a playoff spot. He is Hang. hanging on. <laughs> he won this week. <laughs> and yet he did barely. Uh, yep. I think he won by like four points. But he's right um, there. He's still right there <laughs> in that hunt. <laughs> but now he doesn't have Jonathan Taylor. No. He still has no elite wide receivers because he's traded them away. And, well, Justin Jefferson is not coming back until week 14, our last week. Um, and uh, for what I found odd was he made a waiver claim. So he's now at the bottom of the waiver priority. So he can't even pick up Zach Moss to tie him over. Yeah, so. I'm... I'm curious about, yeah, I would be curious about that one. Uh, some, of, some of these decisions, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, hit and miss, <laughs> where yeah. sometimes a decision makes, like he makes a good decision and you're like, oh, wow, like that was a good, that was a good deal. That was a good decision. And then sometimes he does something and you're like, what are you thinking? Um, and like, yeah, it's so interesting because, yeah, he won in a close matchup, but he won against an opponent he needed to who was mm-hmm. also battling for a playoff spot. So like, that's like a really good win, but now he's got two weeks left and Jefferson, he needs, he needs two wins. Yeah. Like he, Jefferson's not playing this week, right? Like now Jefferson might be back next week, but he needs two wins, right? Like he needs, he needs to get kind of these wins going. And it's, it's so interesting to see that happen when it's like, okay, you're in this playoff hunt, and he's obviously counting on Justin Jefferson and his other elite wide res- running backs, I should say, who like, a lot of, you know, he has Williams, who's also amazing right now. And yet, there you go. Jonathan Taylor gets hurt. Again, John. It's it, it, I, I laugh only because this happens to me all the time. So it's kind of nice to see it happen to someone else for a change. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, before we get into our last bit of uh, news, I wanted to know, what did you think of my, uh, my trade deadline uh, shakeup? Well, um, I I don't know what you want me to say. You know, I don't like Dak Prescott. Um, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> like it was. Listen, one thing I'll say is your the receiver move you made was kind of a lateral move. They're both like top five receivers. I think I think you giving up Tyreek Hill for Ceedee Lamb is like an okay deal. I still think Hill's going to finish ahead of Ceedee Lamb, so you're going to like have lost some points there. The combo of C.D. Lamb with Dak Prescott makes a lot of sense to me. So, like, I kind of get that perspective of it. Um, I think I scared you, which makes me feel good. Like, I'm in your head, which is great. My acquisition of A.J. Brown, you know, you moved on from Jalen Hurts. You obviously were subconsciously afraid, which I love. Like, the voodoo stuff I'm doing every night is really working. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it was. It was not subconscious, so I will explain. It was that, not subconscious. You mean it was conscious, conscious? It was a conscious choice, yes, because I, I looked at it, and, and yeah. there's a very high chance you and I are either in the semifinals or the finals, depending on how we, these last we two are, weeks for me because, go. Because, yeah, we are, we, are the top, we are within, you know, the top kind of three, four teams in terms of yeah. points and in terms of the standings. So, yeah, that's that stands so to there's, Yes, there's a high chance I face you in either the semifinals or more likely the finals. Right. And I did not want to have my quarterback every time he starts throwing to his favorite target and gets touchdowns right. just mean nothing for me because you're getting the same six points as me. Right. So I looked at it and I said, okay, Jalen Hurts has a very hard 
playoff schedule. He faces a lot of tougher defenses. It's true. And and I'm dealing with with my most likely my opponent having AJ Brown. So I said, okay, that's not good for me either way. One, I could do the uh, doing it with both, not great. So I made some moves and I got Dak Prescott, who has the one of the easiest playoff schedules. And by extension, I stacked him with. I did take a bit of a hit there, I think, uh, in terms of points, like you said, uh, in order to make the stack happen because CJ or uh, CD Lamb has one of the best wide receiver schedules for the uh, playoffs. So that could easily blow up in my face should either one of them get hurt or for whatever reason, maybe Dak is throwing all of his touchdown passes to Brandon Cooks instead of CJ, uh, CD Lamb. Um, but if they kind of play with the connection that they've shown over the past couple of weeks, then I'm getting 12 points per touchdown instead. So it, it could work out for me. It, it could blow up in my face, but that was a gamble I had to take to mitigate you acquiring Brown. If you had not acquired him, I probably would have just left my roster the way it was and just carried on. Which again, like time will tell. My opinion is you're overanalyzing it and you overthought it and that this is going to bite you in the butt later. That's what I just think is going to happen. Because very I possible. Think, yep. I think that was Hertz, that was in the equation. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think Hertz and Hill will outscore Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. However, I also am of the same mindset of like, if I can acquire a court, like, listen, I don't like Jack Prescott. I think he's a fraud. Right now he's playing really well. If I can acquire a quarterback who's playing elite with his favorite receiver target, I do it too. So I'm not like, I kind of got what you were doing. I still think it was overanalyzing. Looking at the whole like league and everyone and things acquiring, I think your team got a little bit weaker. But with that being said, the scenario you just gave, that could happen as well. Where I'm like, well, there's some more favorable matchups for the Cowboys, at least like more shootout kind of things. That game against Miami, the game against maybe Buffalo. I mean, Philadelphia, you never know. Sometimes those defenses shut each other down. But still, regardless, there's some more favorable matchups. So yeah, like I can see where you were going with it. I'm glad I was in your head. I, I went on uh, Blue of Earth's uh, website and I got some sort of like <laughs> techniques thing. So I made sort of like a little Josh model and I'm kind of doing these like head trick things uh, with it. So yeah, hey, it was working. Um, yep. Yeah, those are kind of my, my opinions on it. It'll be really interesting to me to see if, if like looking at the standings right now, if we both win our opening round playoffs and like let's say you have to play right now who's in third like the third place team if because you traded hurts to that person if that um like will it bite you in the butt overall or will you be in a scenario where you're playing one of the players you traded and that player beats you like that's what i'm interested in like will it just oh overall you would have had more points or will you be in a one-on-one scenario where that where that deal hurts you that's a yeah. good question i think i uh if I end up in the semifinals against Hertz, that's that's not going to be great because they play the Giants. So yeah. hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and it's tight too near the top of the standings. Like there's really uh, three of us and then there's two other teams that are just below that are kind of like all in and around the same uh, thing. So like I I think this year, what's really interesting, I don't think we're going to know our playoff matchups till the end, like right at the end of the season. Like the last oh, couple yeah. of years, you you see it and it's a little more spread out. This year, I don't think we're going to know <laughs> until after week 14. So it's going to be stressful 
because who we play, it's really going to matter at this point. Yeah, at this point, every win counts just for seeding. Um, yeah, because you're you're up one game, um, but you no longer have the points for advantage, and the teams below us are only one game behind. So really, like one loss can tumble you. F- two or three spots now i uh, could be wrong but i th- i should know this being a commissioner but i i don't have i don't know offhand i thought one of like the first tiebreaker in the standings was head-to-head record and the second tiebreaker was points yes yeah, so if if i were to win and you were to lose you would have the tiebreaker over me because of week two right because I- and and i beat the third place team so okay, I actually I have the tiebreaker. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. So I have the tie. Josh, it's so weird. The three losses I have are against teams that I don't even think are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> like I, my three losses this year in fantasy were so ridiculous. Like they were, I've beaten all the like top end teams. <laughs> but two of those, you beat me by half a point and you won, you beat fourth place by point two of a point. Yeah. So still win that. Oh yeah, just I don't care. I don't care if I beat you by one point or a million. I I won. (laughs) I got the tiebreaker against second, third. I would feel I would feel a lot more comfortable if I won by like five or ten points, you know, and had that wiggle room. Because sure, that's a that is a a fumble or an interception away from losing. I would feel more comfortable if I had scored more points last week, like most of my players would. But every player on my team decided, you know what, this would be a good week to get twelve points. So. I'd feel more comfortable if my team played properly, but that's not how it works. You know how my team is. You know exactly yeah. what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to get to the final, and something that's never happened in NFL history will happen because that's what happens every year. <laughs> I get to the Super Bowl, and I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for something. Like, I don't know who it's going to be on my team, who, who, but, but someone's going to do something to someone, and I'm somehow going to lose again. I'm jaded. (laughs) I did find it interesting that you acquired a wide receiver uh, with the last name Brown. You know what's really funny? I thought about that. I thought about (laughs) that. I'm like, am I setting myself up? But AJ Brown is a completely different person than Antonio Brown. So you you better hope so. I know. I, I, I thought about that. I'm like, is this? Is this just an absolute mistake? And I mean, I'll have you know, I was, I, I was, my initial thought was getting Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, yeah, but, but fair. yes, Brown, there was a part of me that's like, am I setting myself up for the same thing again? Um, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I, I came out of my darkness retreat this year with the goal of I've, I've got to win and I, it doesn't matter who I hurt. Uh, and so I got to take these big swings. So one of that is acquiring another Brown. I just, <laughs> I had to go through that because I'm trying to finally win this year and not become the Buffalo Bills of the 90s that go to Super Bowls four years in a row and lose. Um, if yeah. I go to the Super Bowl again and lose this, I'd ra- honestly, I'd rather just get knocked out of the playoffs. I don't want to go to the Super Bowl again and lose. I'd rather fair just enough. get knocked out of the playoffs. That's fair. All right, one last bit of news, Mike. Uh, the New York Jets have designated Aaron Rodgers to return from injured reserve. Can he do it? I really don't want him to. 
I think I if he does, it's week 18. I'd hate him. Um, why would you want to come back? Just to say you could? Like, why would Probably, he want to come back? Yeah. They're not making the playoffs. Like, there's no way. No, I'd say just, just to say he could. And then that way the team is going to pay him. Well, no, he's already paid for next year anyway. So just yeah. to confirm that they're not going to take a quarterback with their top draft pick. To be like, no, 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 I'm good. Here's how good I am. I just won you week 18, even though it's a meaningless game. Meaningless. Uh, against the Patriots. <laughs> well, that would be the game to bring him back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to happen. Like now I'm just, it's, it's going to happen. He's going to play one game, maybe two, give a glimmer of hope to the fans, prove that he could continue to live in his shadow world where he thinks he's the best and he doesn't need anything from science or practicality or life or whatever. Um, and yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. All right. Well, that is it for our news from week 12. Uh, just before we dive into our week 13 conquerors and bus, I just want to remind everyone uh, you can join our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash conqueryourdraft, or you can go to conqueryourdraft.com. We have a Patreon page on there. You can get additional start sit options, Thursday night start sit options, waiver wire targets, and not applicable anymore as the trade deadline has passed, but we do put out trade targets, uh, trade for, trade away. And if you have any fan questions for us, you get uh, priority for getting them answered. And if you do have any fan questions for us, maybe you don't have any uh, money you want to spend on a Patreon, but you do have a question for us, then you can still feel free to reach out. You can uh, reach us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads, uh, or you can go to ConquerDraft.com. We've got a podcast page on there with a form you can fill out. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and of course, we're now on Truth Social. We're on true social. <laughs> we're not. No, we're not. No. I, <laughs> I was going to thought... say, that's news yeah. to me. <laughs> I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> Mike just dropping bombs on me in the middle yeah, of just, this podcast. Yeah, just right there with Trump. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, God. Oh, man. All right. Well, moving on from that, <laughs> let's dive into our conquerors and busts. So after the... Uh, after the Cowboys Commanders game, I was convinced that Dak Prescott was be the going to be the quarterback one on the week, and he is quarterback three because both Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts decided they were going to score forty plus points as well in their shootout. Yeah, I Josh, mean, Josh Allen, Allen's the only thing the Bills have going for them. Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean he pretty much was the offense against because I think he had what two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I think he ran it in twice. Yep, and he had like multiple third and longs that he converted on his own. Um, so he had 43.5 points. Jalen Hurts had two rushing touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime, where nobody was in within like five yards of him until he got to the goal line. Um, so he had 40.5 fantasy points. Dak Prescott had an amazing game, 40.2 fantasy points. So if that's how it shakes out for the rest of the season for me, then I'm okay with that. If he's only point three of a point behind Jalen Hurts, I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think Dak Prescott's having a great season. I can't I can't deny that. Stats obviously tell that story. Um, I don't think this is who Dak Prescott is. Um, and again, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> this, I know this doesn't matter for fantasy, but come playoff time, they're just going to get smoked. 
<laughs> like yeah. it just for whatever reason that's okay just, they can do that after <laughs> yes yeah, so once it's done once the season's done you'll be fine but yeah i don't know i'm it's hard to trust them it really is yeah no that's fair and it's for me on like obviously i don't share your opinion on dak prescott but for me what's hard to trust is because their defense is so good there is a genuine risk their defense could score three touchdowns a week yep especially if they're playing an inferior opponent then Dak Prescott and CD Lamb don't play the second half because their defense put up 21 points. <laughs> they could have so. an offensive explosion without using their offensive players. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. now the one bright side of that is I don't remember who it, they played. Uh, I don't Maybe it was when they played the Giants or maybe it was the Panthers. I can't remember which game it was. Oh, no, it was the Giants. They kept C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott in like late into the game and just kept throwing the ball. They're like, yeah. no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're going to we're just going to leave you guys out there and just pad the stats. So if they want to do that, then, hey, yes. go for it. Later you get in the season, though, that's less and less likely. People will start. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, yeah. that's honestly also a knock against Hertz. The team's probably going to clinch their division in a matter of weeks. So the final couple weeks of the season, are you going to see Hertz? sit a little bit more or come out for half the game. That's well, what's going on past. with his knee. Yeah. 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 So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, both of them staffs, though are... No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the coaching staffs don't care about our fantasy teams. They care. About no, no, players. they don't. So no. that's what makes and they're both in. Uh, they're both in situations where they're going to clinch their, their playoff hopes pretty early and we'll see yeah. how what they do after. Yeah. Uh, CJ Stroud and Jordan Love also had uh, great weeks. Jordan Love on your bench because that's just how your team rolls. (laughs) Exactly. Jordan Love has an amazing week, but he was sitting on my bench. Yep. Uh, Some busts at quarterback. Josh Dobbs decided uh, to just keep throwing the ball to uh, to the Bears. Yep. And Josh Dobbs doesn't play for the Bears. So he had six and a half fantasy points. Uh, that was a brutal game. Thankfully, I only wa- I stopped watching after like the fourth drive, I think, because I had to be up early the next morning. And I'm very glad that I did because I would have probably fallen asleep watching that game based on the stat line and the reviews or the, the highlights or the lowlights I saw from the game. I had to keep watching because it was fantasy relevant to me, unfortunately. Who did you have in that one? I had the uh, Vikings defense. Oh yes, uh, well, they, they did. Okay, that was it. <laughs> was it. Yeah. yeah, well, no, they had they had a good game. Like they yeah. they uh, they really. I was leading anyway, but they gave me kind of the clincher because my opponent did have um, CJ Moore. So yes. yeah. there was a little bit of like, okay, what's going to happen here? Yeah. Oh yeah, that could have gone bad for you actually. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. That's why I was watching late, especially late into the game. Like if they're if they were going to make a comeback here, what would happen? But thankfully. Uh, they the Vikings were able to shut to shut the Bears down. Uh, Will Levis had a rough go, seven point one fantasy points. Geno Smith terrible game, seven point three fantasy points. Uh, Bryce Young, we talked about him earlier. He's still doing bad, and now his coach is fired as a result. And Tim Boyle, as expected, nine. 9.3 fantasy points. So he still did better than all the other guys we just named, uh, which was actually a bit surprising, but. Still not a startable option. 
Uh, and running back. So Kyron Williams came back against the Cardinals and uh, he put up thir- just shy of 35 and a half fantasy points. Nobody else on the, the Rams did anything. Uh, Matthew Stafford had a pretty good game, uh, but Kyron Williams, I'm pretty sure, had scored the rest of the team. Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 28.4 fantasy points. Bijan Robinson, he finally got, he got into the end zone twice, actually. 25.8 fantasy points. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Raheem Mostert, both over 20s. So those are all viable starting options each week. Uh, some busts, though. Tajay Spears, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Gus Edwards, and Khalil Herbert, all below five fantasy points. Wide receivers. Oh, oh, no, go ahead. I, I, no, I just... What do you think is going to happen there in terms of Herbert versus Foreman and the Bears and like their running game? Because they're also having fields. Like, what what do you think is going to go on there for the rest of the season? I wouldn't start any of them because now we have Roshan Johnson in the mix who played more than Khalil Herbert. So I have no idea every week who's going to be their starter. Oh, there's a third one in there? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, wide receiver, we had Mike Evans, 22 fantasy points. Tyreek Hill, just shy of 21 fantasy points. Zay Flowers, just shy of 21 fantasy points. Tied with Rasheed Rice for just shy of 21 fantasy points. All uh, all got into the end zone, all had great games. And uh, Devonta Smith, 20 fantasy points. Actually, that's the second week in a row I think he's scored higher than A.J. Brown. So Yeah, he the two weeks in a row where he's been uh, a little bit more in terms of those, like, really good targets or long plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and Puka Nakua, all under five points. So like I said, uh, nobody else on the Rams really did much. Both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua had bad games. I don't expect that to continue. I think that was just a result of how good Kyron Williams was doing. They just went with the hot hand there. Um, but I'm concerned about Cooper Cup moving forward. I'm, I'm worried he... That might be it. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a difficult situation, um, especially for Cooper Cup managers because yeah, like what uh, what is going to happen with him for the rest of the season? Like what? Like it's just, I think it's a difficult uh, it's difficult to know. It's a difficult situation, but yeah, I mean they've got Cleveland, I think, this week, which is another tough defensive matchup. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, and that, I I just don't I don't know. I I just see that that's going to be really really tough he just hasn't looked the same coming back no. from from his injury no they've got they've got the browns and then they've got the ravens Oof, that's a tough one right after too yeah so that's that's a bad schedule that's that's really tough um yeah but i think you're kind of stuck with them right like you probably don't have very many better options than him i imagine what, anyone because who of what held he can get you yeah like anyone who held on to him needed him and yeah. is he's probably your one of your top two receivers on the team. So yeah, like you're right. Like you don't have much of a choice. You just have to hope he he snaps out of it. But that was a that was a really rough week, and that's two really tough matchups coming up. So yeah, it's, mm. it's gonna be tough. Uh, tight end Tyler Higby. I, actually, I forgot he did good. He had two touchdowns actually in that game. So he was the other person on the the Rams who did okay. Yeah, he's a fraud uh, too. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't count on that again. Uh, Pat Fryermuth and Sam Laporta both had big weeks. TJ Hawkinson, Gerald Everett, they did it all right. Dalton Schultz, less than one fantasy point. 
And then uh, Durham Smythe, Logan Thomas, Kyle Pitts, and George Kittle all below four fantasy points each. So the uh, the ebbs and flows of the tight end position, unfortunately. Yeah, too bad for uh, for Pitts. All Pitts. Yeah, yeah. And you still still not a fan. It was Bijan's no. week. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Pitts has done nothing. <laughs> like even like Bijan, who like oh they ignored him for a week or two, and then finally he bounced back. Tyler Algier, same kind of thing. Even Cordello Patterson has like been noticeable, <laughs> but Kyle yeah. Pitts is—they they, just—they hate him for some reason. They hate and him, and I don't know why. Nothing. They need to trade him away. Just, I, just yeah, get rid honestly, of him. Honestly, why would they hold on to him? They should just move him if they're going to not use him like this. He's a—he's a great athlete. We know this, but he's done nothing. Yeah, no, they need to just let him salvage his career. Um. Let's dive into our starts of the week. Mike, uh, who's your quarterback start of the week? My quarterback start is Justin Herbert. I really like this matchup for the Chargers against New England. I know this is another team that's been losing a lot um, in terms of the Chargers. Just they can't pull out a win. But hey, they've been great for fantasy almost every week. they got a great offense. New England, I think, is done. They are a defeated team. Start Justin Herbert's this week. Yep, that makes sense. I think they'll probably focus on Eckler, so Herbert should be able to do okay. Um, or they focus on Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert's going to have to try to make it work with Quentin Johnston. And maybe that doesn't really work out, but we'll see. I, I don't know which one. Though, uh, well, with Eckler, you can throw to him underneath. That's true. Yeah. They've got that. They've got that random tight end that often will catch touchdowns, but nothing else. Uh, Parham Jr. <laughs> right. Parham, so like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that. They, they have in these other options if Allen is is the target for the Belichick defense I I agree with you though I think it's going to be Eckler but if it is Allen he does have other weapons he can use and he does throw to Eckler out of the backfield yeah yeah that's right Uh, my start of the week is Trevor Lawrence because he's off of Mike's fantasy team and that means he is great for fantasy football and he's going up against the Bengals who have not who don't have a very scary defense and are still able to put some points up on the board. So I think Trevor Lawrence will have another good week. Yeah. He'll be a top five quarterback for the rest of the uh, year. Rest of the season. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, my sit is Matthew Stafford. I don't, as we already mentioned, I don't really like this matchup against Cleveland. I do expect a bit of a bounce back week uh, for, for the Rams, but I just think that Cleveland defense is too good. It's winning them games, even without them having a quarterback. So I just think this is going to be tough for Matthew Stafford. They're probably going to get it done. Uh, on the ground game. And mine is Bryce Young. He just lost basically his entire coaching staff that is relevant to him. And they're going up against the Buccaneers who have a pretty decent defense, not an amazing defense, but a strong enough one that I think he's going to struggle with everything that's been going on. So I would leave your Carolina options on the bench this week. Uh, yeah, I running think that's back. A good choice. Oh, thanks. At running back, my start of the week is Bijan Robinson because we finally saw last week that, okay, the Falcons are going to use him again. <laughs> and they're going up against one of the best running back matchups uh, in the New York Jets defense. It's very hard to pass against the Jets. Even elite offenses have struggled against passing against the Jets. But you could run like crazy on them. So I think if they have any sort of logical game plan this week, it is going to be to use their best athlete on the field on the ground and he should do amazing. Um, my start this week is Zach Moss. Uh, as we talked about with Taylor being out, I think Moss will get featured. 
Um, again, this week he did do quite well with Taylor out, so I think it's a safe bet to to get Zach Moss in your lineup this week, uh, especially if you've hold on to him, kind of waiting to see what happens with Taylor. All right, my sit of the week, Chuba Hubbard goes same train of thought with uh, with Bryce Young. This is a tough, tough matchup. Chuba Hubbard has not been able to do very much of late for fantasy, and. It just seems like there's a bit of chaos going on with the Panthers right now. So leave them on the bench. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, my wide res- – oh, no, I'm, I haven't got my sit. My, <laughs> my running back sit, Jerome Ford. I do think Cleveland's going to have a pretty good game uh, against uh, the Rams, but we've seen it too many times with Cleveland where you don't know if it's Ford or you don't know if it's Kareem Hunt who's going to be used on third down, is going to be used in the red zone, is going to be used for a touchdown. I think it's safe for this week to sit Jerome Ford um, and and not go with him. Now, would you change your mind if their quarterback does get ruled out with a concussion? Yes. Okay. Then, so if, if they have to go third string quarterback, you you would go with Ford? If, if they have to go to a third string quarterback, then I would say they're probably going to be featuring Ford um, and Kareem Hunt even more and not have much of a passing game at all. Like he he obviously has like their second string has decent chemistry with their tight end. They've used kind of their passing game still somewhat. So yes, I would say if the quarterback is the third stringer, then I would be okay playing for it because him and Kareem Hunt will probably get even more touches for both of them. Right. All right. My wide receiver start of the week is Tank Dell because he has just hit the ground running over the past few weeks. he's It seems like he's become C.J. Stroud's main guy, especially in the end zone. Uh, I am I wish I hadn't traded him away, but I needed to improve my running, backs, my running back room, so sacrifices had to be made, and uh, I think he's going to have a great week against the Broncos. My start this week at wide receiver is Rasheed Rice. Uh, I think he's starting to prove that he can be trusted in that uh, revolving receiver core of the Chiefs. And I do think this game against Green Bay can have the potential of a lot of offensive explosions for Kansas City. So I think it's safe uh, to put Rice in there because he's clearly going to get targeted again. And honestly, I think for Mahomes, he's the type of quarterback that's going to say, great, you had a great week last week. I'm going to target you again. See if you can repeat it. Yeah, I mean, I would trust him over uh, Marcus Valdez or Marcus Valdez Scantling. So uh Certainly over uh, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So out of those options, he'd be my most trusted guy too. Absolutely. Uh, my wide receiver sit for the week is Amari Cooper. Uh, I don't trust the Browns passing game outside of David and Joku at all right now, regardless of who's at quarterback. So Amari Cooper, I think, has been. I don't. Even, uh, he hasn't been start worthy over the past few weeks. So I'm just continuing with that trend and keep him on your bench. My uh, sit this week is Deontay Johnson. I do not trust this Steelers offense. Even in a good game against Arizona, this is what we like to refer to as a trap game. He's literally done nothing for three weeks. He had two or three good weeks in a row coming back from injury, and then he's done absolutely nothing. I do not trust the Steelers to be able to score in bunches, so I'm going to say sit him this week. All right, and I have the... Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth <laughs> as my start of the week. Uh, solely because last week they 
featured him almost entirely. So I don't know if that is a change in offensive coordinator that's led to that. If they've had to change their offensive philosophy and pass a little bit more over the middle and targeting him specifically uh, on those routes, I don't know. But when it comes to the tight end landscape, you got to go with whoever's getting the ball. And right now, if you're searching the waiver wire, Pat Fryermuth is probably one of the better options that are out there where he's just going off his injury. So if you're looking for a streaming tight end, I would go with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, my tight end start this week is Dalton Schultz. I do think he'll have a bounce back week. I don't think last week is reminiscent of how he's going to do. Houston versus Denver. This is a big game for them. This is playoff implication, implications. You battling a team that's battling with you. This basically means double in, in your points. That's how teams like to think about these things. You're basically going to win and deliver a loss to someone who needs to lose. They're going to come out swinging and firing all over the place. He's going to throw like... CJ Child's going to throw to Dell. He's going to throw to Collins. He's going to throw to Schultz. They're going to get lots of red zone opportunities. I think this is a good week to go with Dalton Schultz. All right. My tight end sit of the week is Trey McBride. Uh, he had a bit of a bad week last week, and they're going up against the Steelers. That's a tough matchup for tight ends. The Steelers have a top three defense right now. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, will still be able to be all right, but it's just a bad matchup. I just don't see the passes going Trey McBride's way this week. My sit is Kate Otten, honestly, because there aren't any other good tight ends. The NFL has three or four tight ends that I would say are worth it, and then otherwise you're rolling the dice every week. Sit Kate Otten. All right, and that is it for our Week 13 Starts and Sits. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Take care. Stay safe.